and welcome to the Word of Life Church Podcast. We're delighted you've chosen to spend some time with us today. We believe that today's message has the power to inspire and elevate your faith journey. Before we dive in, we'd like to express our heartfelt thanks to our partners. Your generous contributions make it possible for us to continue spreading the gospel, serving our community, and carrying out our ministry. If today's episode moves you and you'd like to be a part of our mission, we'd invite you to become a partner. Your support has an everlasting impact and allows us to reach even more souls. Now, let's turn our hearts and our minds to the Word as we begin today's episode. Uh, I was going to teach out of 2 Corinthians 8 and 9 and just pick up where we left off with last week. But as I mentioned, um, I felt like the Lord wanted me to encourage you to walk by faith and not by sight. And to just give you a new life. And so I'll just make this the, the third habit. Uh, and um, the first habit was prayer. Second habit, like if I could give you habits... If I'm building you and I'm giving you habits, the first habit would be prayer. A second habit, and not in any particular order, but just as they they come, would be giving. We talked about that. Um, The third habit that I would give you, and I feel like we, we need to take a few minutes tonight and let you do this, would be to dream. To dream. Uh, If you're taking notes, you can write this down or type it in your phone. Dreaming is important because of who you have to become in order to see him come true. Dreaming is important because of who you have to become to see them come true. Um, many years ago, um, I had this call from the Lord to uh, pastor our church. And that came with a built-in dream. I didn't have to find it. It was kind of built into it. Uh, My father and mother had planned to build uh, what you see on Lakeland. And uh, at that time, we weren't on Lakeland, but that was the dream, was that one day it would become that. And so we had like the big kind of 3D model. It was in the center of the foyer. I always wondered where that thing went. Uh, like it's, it was massive. I mean, like literally picture this table times 10. I mean, massive. Uh, and had a big kind of glass dome over it where people could kind of look at it and, and see the future. We walk by faith and not by sight. We walk by the convictions of our heart not what we see with our eyes. This is the new life. This is the new way. We're living by this and not by this. Uh, For those of you who are listening to podcasts, I pointed to my heart and then I pointed to my eyes. I always forget that until I listen to other people preach. I'm like, what are we walking by? They just pointed and I have no idea what it was to. But out of that, we're living by the convictions and the belief of our heart and not what we see with our eyes. And so there's this model of what would be laid out for the congregation to see. Not what was, but what could be. And so when my father died and I became the pastor, I inherited that dream. So it was real easy for me to dream. It was like handed to me of, you know, this. This is what I'm going to do with my life. I'm going to make this a reality. 
And so um, the architect who designed it was like this man who was just a magnificent human being. Like, I don't know if you've ever met somebody like that who's just magnetic. Uh, like just a person where it seemed like God was sparing no gifts when he made them. Have you ever met somebody like that? His name was Michael Barenko, and I loved Michael, um, like loved him. Just such a deep soul. He was like Italian and handsome and, and had like thick black hair uh, and was an architect. And he could, could sing like he was a psalmist. And just so kind, like it's so rare you meet somebody who's that dynamic that the world would even look at and be like, he's dynamic and have them be kind and loving and a family man at his core. And he began coming to our church and my father found out he was an architect and he just started his own firm. And so he designed this building and uh, it was beautiful. And I'm, I'm looking at this all the time. And so my father passes away. The Lord speaks to me. I talked about all that recently. And he made, Michael did, these calendars for the churches that had all the architectural renderings. Um, you know, and back then, architectural renderings were brand new. AI now is crazy. Like, what AI is capable of doing, like, in a minute is, like, took for forever years ago. But they had all these architectural renderings. And for every month, it had a different image, uh, and they built out a calendar. And so I took that calendar to school with me, and I'd show it to all my friends. I'm like, you know what I'm doing after I get out of seminary? This. Uh, And, like, I'm going back, and I'm going to build this. Like, I was so convinced that was my future. Now, it wasn't what was. It was what could be. And so this, this is always, and this is key, the beginning of faith. Faith demands hope. There can be no faith until you have hope of what could be. And so out of that, I have this hope and a future of what could be. It's this model. I've got a big 3D model sitting in the foyer of the church. I've got a calendar that I'm looking at uh, each month with a different architectural rendering. I'm talking about it. I'm excited about it. And then I come back to like live it out. Like I'm going to create this dream with the Lord and I'm praying about it and I'm, I'm speaking to it and I'm believing for it and everything fell apart. You know the story, everything fell apart, but I'm holding on to this dream, this joy that has been set before me. I'm holding on to this dream and the Lord led me through a process of like why dreams are delayed. Um, And the first one is idolatry, Uh, not adultery with an A, but idolatry with an I, like you have an idol. The dream has become an idol. And um, the Lord became a means to an end for my dream. So you have the Lord and the thing that I was seeking was not him. The thing that I was seeking was um, this, this thing like church growth and this new building. And the Lord corrected me on that and and showed it to me in second Chronicles uh, 26 verse five. My staff today gave me a bottle of cologne for pastor appreciation. Uh, and I like cologne. I like to smell good. My wife, in fact, when we first started dating, her nickname for me was stinker because she comes from a very sarcastic family. And so I smelled good one day and she's like, Oh, you little stinker. And I'm like, 
no, I actually want to smell God. And she's like, you do. That's why you're, anyway, uh, forget it. Uh, so, but, but out of that, um, they wrote in there, they sent me a note, and they wrote in there Second Chronicles 26 and 5, that as long as King Uzziah sought the Lord, God made him prosper. And when you are, are in a place where your dream is not coming to pass, many times it's because the dream has become an idol. Uh, you want it more than you want him. And so he has become the, the vehicle through which you will obtain the dream. He's not the destination, he's the vehicle. I, it was funny the other day, you know, I could tell my, my son, I don't know, is Boston here? I, I see Ben, so I'm assuming Boston is here. No? You just stayed? Ben just stayed? Nice. Kudos to you. I'll give you money. Like, that's, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, sorry, Boston. Oh, so, but we had to take some family pictures. But Boston uh, is my my 15-year-old. He's very much into football, um, and he's jacked at 15. Like, and I'm, I don't say that, like, to boast him. I'm just, it's a fact. And, but out of that, he wanted really badly to make the high school team. He's in ninth grade. And uh, he wanted really badly to get called up for the high school team, but they did not call up anybody this year. And so I didn't think about that. And I'm watching him have like a bad day and I can see a heaviness on him. So I just kind of text him that I really believe in like confronting things and, and going to it immediately. And he, and so I just text him I'm like, Hey buddy, like I noticed a certain heaviness on you. That's a little spiritual. And I just want to let you know I'm praying for you. I'm not judging you. I'm just noticing something. And just like a coach would notice something that you'd want him to speak to you. Like I'm your spiritual coach and your dad and I love you. But I'm just, you know, here letting you know what I see. And, and letting you know that like I'm praying for you and I love you. And if you want to talk, I'm here for you. And so um, when he got home from school, he started talking to me. And I didn't link two and two together. But he said, you know, really not making that team hurt me. And he said, I, I, I really just kind of fell away from, um, you know, a lot of my daily devotionals and disciplines of prayer and reading scripture and listening to certain music. And he said, like, when you text that, it really dawned on me that this idea of football and making football like this identity had become more important to me than the Lord. And had I, I not, not, if I would have made the team, I wouldn't have seen that. That this was something I was wanting more than him. And an idol is anything that comes before the Lord. It, it, it's just something that makes you bow. It's something that, what do you get emotional about? Um, we were talking, and you know, I'm just having fun tonight. But we, we did this conference for pastors. I gave them this letter from John G. Lake that was basically talking about um, John was writing to a pastor mentor of his. And he was saying, like, I sense something new, and I sense God's going to do something new in me and new in my ministry. Um, but then he said, it seems like there's been three weeks that there has been no major healing in my ministry. And he was talking about how that was disappointing. And my wife brought to my attention uh, she's like, he hadn't seen a miracle for three weeks and he was disappointed. And she said, it made me wonder what's disappointing me. See, 
whatever's disappointing you, that shows you the level of your, your spirituality and, and what really has your heart. Because it can't disappoint you until it has your heart. And so many times the reason why the dreams are not coming to pass is because they've turned into an idol. And I, I had to see that, that this calendar and this model had become an idol in my life. And the dream had become more important than the dream giver. So I fixed that. Then the second thing the Lord showed me was uh, my level of spiritual maturity was not where it needed to be. That there was unforgiveness in my heart. And so this is the second reason why dreams don't come to pass. The first one is you have an idol. Uh, The dream has turned into an idol. The second reason, though, is immaturity. You're not ready for it. Um, And so whatever God has prepared for you, he prepares you for that thing before you walk in it. And the example I always like to use for this is Joseph. Joseph has a dream from God. The dream is not coming to pass. And he's, you know, here wondering why. And he walks through this journey where first he's managing Potiphar's house and then he's managing a prison. And he stays in the prison for three years before Pharaoh has a dream from the Lord. And my point is is the thing that turned Joseph's story was when God gave Pharaoh the dream. So here would be my question. Why did he wait three years? He could have given uh, Pharaoh that dream on day one, sent the butler and the baker in prison, uh, let them dream dreams, let Joseph interpret the dreams, get them out, let, let them tell Pharaoh, like when he has his dream, we know a guy in prison, his name is Joseph. They could have done all that, and God, but he waited three years. Why? Because he was waiting for Joseph to be ready for it. See, and this is why God deals with your heart when you have a dream, because you have to be at a certain level of maturity to handle it. And if your, your dream is not coming to pass and you're in faith for it, like you're believing for the dream, and it's not coming to pass, you have to check up on those two things. Either the dream has become an idol or the dream is being delayed by your immaturity. Remember, we, we talk about this all the time, uh, like on God's way of taking Jesus to his promised land where the power of the Spirit was resting upon him and he's doing all these miracles. And God also taking the children of Israel to their promised land, a land that flowed with milk and honey. He led them both through the wilderness. Jesus was in the wilderness for 40 days. The children of Israel was in the wilderness for 40 years. All of us will go through the wilderness. How long you stay in it is directly tied to your level of maturity. How fast does it take you to deal with those issues and to confront those things? Jesus is passing every test. The children of Israel kept failing. And so God keeps bringing the same things, and this is like they called it circling the same mountain. God will keep bringing the same things uh, to you until you pass the test. And if you don't pass the test, there is no social promotion in God. It's not like you're a four-year-old with a mustache, and they're like, we got to bump him up. Like that kind of thing. It's, it's uh, you know, in fourth grade with a mustache, I should say. Um, but um, you're, you're, you're here and you're going to circle the same mountain until you, you learn. Because if God's going to entrust to you true riches, he's going to test you in things first. And he tests you with the little and sees if you're faithful before he gives you the much. And if you can't handle the faithful, you're not mature enough to handle the greater. 
And so he'll bring those things to you. And so for me, there were things in my secret life. And you see in Matthew 6, your secret life matters more than your public one. There were things in my secret life, my backstage life, the side of me that's not on stage that you don't see, that I, I, I used to not be comfortable letting anybody see. Now I tell you pretty much everything of like, I really struggled with that or whatever it may be. But there was a big gap between my front stage and backstage. And so there were things, pride, unforgiveness, unyieldedness, uh, a heart that wasn't a worshiper, like all these things. I'm in ministry pastoring, but I'm, I, I have things that I'm wrestling with. And the Lord had to deal with those things before I was ready to handle the dream. But when I got rid of those two things, I got rid of the idol and I grew in maturity, the Lord came to me and said, now dream, dream. And I saw what he was saying is I never would have discovered my idols. This is so key. I never would have discovered my idol or my immaturity without my dream. My dream and dreaming and this, this, this facility that the Lord wanted me to build for his name and for his kingdom, without that, I never would have seen I had an idol and I never would have seen my immaturity. So the dream was key because it made me confront the things I needed to confront in my life. And this is what, go over to Hebrews 12. This is what Hebrews is trying to show us with these two wonderful chapters in Hebrews 11 and, verse, uh, Hebrews 11 and Hebrews 12. Watch this here in, in Hebrews 12. Uh, you know this uh, example, Jesus, verse 2. Fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of faith. Now watch this. What does faith always have? A joy that was set before him. Now, this is the, the, the very heart of what a dream is. It is a joy that is set before you. Uh, so in the race, it's the finish line. But before you, there needs to be set something. That when you achieve it, you know it would bring your heart joy. The joy set before you. And he says, like, look at Jesus. He had a joy that was set before him. And watch what happens here. So out of this, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of God. For consider him who has endured such hostility by sinners against himself, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So Hebrews 12 is all about discipline, of like confronting things in your life. And he's saying when you have a dream, you will maintain the discipline to become who you need to become to reach it. And so Jesus is the example of someone who has a joy set before him. And because he has this joy, that joy is now driving his discipline. And so Jesus is that example of someone who has this joy, but then it gives the, the antithesis of Jesus in the same chapter with another individual by the name of Esau. Look at Esau here in verse number 13 or 15. See to it that no one comes short of the grace of God, that no root of bitterness springing up causing trouble by, many, uh, by which many are defiled, that there be no immoral or godless person like Esau who sold his own birthright for a single meal. 
For you know that even afterwards, when he desired to inherit the blessing, he was rejected, for he found no place for repentance, even though he sought it for tears. What's happening here is Esau sells his birthright for, you know, one bowl of soup. And I pray it was delicious because it cost him a lot. Um, But out of this, what happens in this moment? When he's selling his birthright for a piece of soup or for a bowl of soup, what is he not thinking about? The joy that is set before him. Like literally before him is a birthright and a blessing that will change his life forever. The problem is it's not in the present. Where is it? It's in the future. It's not right now. It's who I will be. It's not what is. It's what's to come. It's not what I can see with my eyes. It's what I can see with my heart. And when he is only looking at the natural and not considering his dream, he is forsaking his discipline. When he is only looking at the natural and not looking at his dream, he is forsaking his discipline. When he is only looking at the natural and not looking at his dream, he is forsaking his discipline. Jesus, for the joy that was set before him, he is following the convictions of his heart, which is like what all of you are doing. Like you were that joy, your your worship and your devotion of Jesus. You were that joy set before him. And so he's looking at that. And when he's considering the cross, he's like, I know it's hard. But it's worth it. So I I will go through this. And and Esau forsook um, going through that pain of denying his flesh and walking towards his future because the past meant more to him than the future did. And I want to encourage you, you are called as a child of God to live by faith and not by sight. You are to see the things that are to come and to fight for those things with prayer and to fight for those things with your own personal disciplines to see those things be brought into reality in your life. And and out of that, that dream is so important because in maintaining that dream, you will have moments like Jesus said, uh, or here it says about Jesus, to grow weary and faint in your mind and to stop the process of becoming it because the dream looks like it is tearing. You committed to do it, but then it just took so much time, and so you gave up on it. And he's like, no, 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 don't give up on it. Because in maintaining this dream in your life, you're going to see who you have to become in order for it to be reached. And so keep the dream at the forefront of your thinking. And, And I want to encourage you, in your own life, what is that? In your own life, what is your dream right now? In your own life, what is the deep desire of your heart? In your own life, what is the thing that God has spoken to you? And, and I want you to really mine your heart for that. I, I want you to take some time this week, and I want you to take some time with the Spirit of God, and I want you to really look at the desires of your heart and place them before your eyes. Now, one of the things that you're going to have to do, and let's, we'll close with this. We go over to Romans 4. This is one of the things when we're dreaming that we always have to do uh, is to understand that we have to follow this path of Abraham. Abraham is called the father of faith because he was the first guy who really got this principle. That to live by faith, I walk by the convictions of my heart and not what I see with my eyes. And God gave him this promise that he would be a father of many nations. You probably know the story. The problem was is that Abraham and Sarah had failed in that area of their life for many years. They were unable to have a child. And so God comes and and speaks to him a promise that in his own life looked like it was impossible. 
And so he's asking him, like, I, I know you're, you're looking at where you're at in life right now, and everything by sight tells you this will never happen for you. But I'm asking you to go beyond what you see with your eyes, and I'm asking you to follow the inner convictions of your heart. I'm asking you to believe the promise that God has made you. And, and watch what happens here in Romans 4. And verse 16, for this reason, it is by faith in order that it may be in accordance with grace so that the promise will be guaranteed to all descendants, not only to those who are of the law, but also those who are faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Watch this, 17. As it is written, a father of many nations, I have made you in the presence of whom he believed, even God. Now watch how God works who gives life to the dead and calls into being those things which do not exist. So it doesn't exist, but God calls it that way anyway. He's not a father, so what does God do? I'm going to call you one. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Faith calls those things that be not as though they were. Now, it doesn't call those things that are as though they're not. So faith is not denying the truth. Um, it's not like, I'm, you know, I'm not feeling well, and it's like, you know, I am not sick, 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 I am not sick. And that's where people have taken this. No, faith calls things that are not as though they are. Um, and so out of that, it's, okay, what is not? If I am sick, what is not? Health. So if I'm calling those things that are not as though they are, I'm calling myself healthy. I'm not denying the sickness. I'm just denying it's right to stay in my body. I call those things that be not as though they are. I I am healed. Let the weak say, I am not sick. No, let the weak say what? I am strong in Jesus' name. Jesus is making me strong. Faith calls those things that be not as though they are. Well, what's the battle here? The fight of faith is the battle between your eyes and your spirit. Your eyes see the sickness. Your, your, your heart sees the promise of God. He was wounded for my transgressions, bruised for my iniquities. The chastisement of my peace was laid upon him, and by his stripes I am healed. So I have a promise of healing in my heart, but my eyes are telling me something else. So faith is seeing what is uh, in, in, in Scripture and in the promise uh, sight is seeing what is in the natural. And there's the fight of faith is the fight. Well, I'm seeing this with my eyes, but I'm believing this with my heart. And, and so God is speaking to Abraham. And he's like, a father of many nations, I have made you. And, and Abraham's like, well, but we've tried. And my, my eyes are telling me we've tried. And my eyes are telling me I'm not as young as I used to be. And neither is Sarah, which is why Sarah, when Sarah heard it, she laughed. Because in the natural, it's like, no, this looks like it's not going to happen. And this is the way it always is with your dream, is with your dream, sight will tell you it will not happen. And so he's looking at at this promise with his heart, but what he's seeing with his eyes is not matching up. And so God in the middle of this is like, I'm calling those things that be not as though they were. And you've got to learn to do that too. Faith calls those things that be not as though they are. Faith does not sit there and talk about the mountain. It speaks to the mountain. It calls those things that be not as though they were. But watch what what happens here in Scripture. This is why I love verse 18. In hope against hope, he believed. 
So that he might become a father of many nations, a quarter according to that which is spoken, so shall your descendants be. Now, I've got that phrase underlined. In hope, against hope, he believed. Well, what, what is this talking about? His eyes had said, any hope for this is past. What, what did we read in Hebrews 12? So that you will not grow weary and faint where? In your minds. So that you will not grow weary and faint in your minds. Well, if it was going to happen, it would already happen. If, if, you know, God was faith and if faith really worked, it would have already happened. And, and so out of this, this hope in the natural that it could happen had passed. It looked like, well, if it was going to happen, it would have already happened. But here's what faith will do. Faith will hope against hope. That while in the natural it looks like all hope for this is over, I'm not going by what I see. I'm living a new life. I'm walking by faith and not by sight. And so out of that, I'm making a decision to not look at what I see with my eyes. I'm looking at what God has spoken to my heart. I'm looking at the promise of God and I'm holding fast the confession of my faith. And so Abraham's doing something. You know what he's doing? He's getting excited when he has no reason to be excited. He's getting excited about his dream when it looks like his dream is so far away. He's getting excited about the possibility of what God could do when it looked like it'd be over. And he's, he's giving his heart permission to be excited about God's word, even when his eyes are telling him he's further away from it than he's ever been before. And what is that? Faith. Faith. It's walking by the convictions of our heart. And so Abraham's fighting this fight. And, and watch what happens here in verse 19. Without becoming weak in faith, He contemplated his own body, now good as dead. (laughs) He's looking at his body and he's like, yep, I'm a hundred. It's it's not going to happen. Like that's what he's seeing with his eyes and, and the deadness of Sarah's womb. So everything about his eyes is telling him this is never gonna happen. Sarah's womb is dead. I'm a hundred. Think about that. It's never gonna happen. But yet in looking with his eyes and thinking it's never going to happen, there's something in his heart that's excited. And what is that? It's faith. And so he shifts. He shifts from this to this. He shifts from his eyes to his heart. And watch what happens. Yet, with respect to the promise of God, he did not waver in unbelief, but grew strong in faith giving glory to God, being fully assured that what God had promised, God was able to perform. He grew strong in faith, giving glory unto God. How did he grow strong in faith? A dream that hoped against hope. He had a dream that everything in the natural said it would never happen, but he kept that dream. He hoped against that hope. He gave his heart permission to be excited. And God killed the idol of having it first. And God matured him through this process. Because when you have a dream and it's not coming to pass, it refines you. But when it was time, this dream began to manifest in his life. And and that's what I've seen in my life. Like when you pull up to Lakeland Drive and you see that facility... At one time, there was nothing but a boy, 21 years old, in a lawn chair and a Diet Coke, sitting on that land, calling things that be not as though they were. 
with nothing in the natural saying it would ever happen. With everything in my eyes seeing people are leaving the church, we're, we're 40 minutes away on the other side of town, how is this ever going to happen? With everything in my eyes seeing that with the natural, in my heart I heard the sound of an abundance of rain. I remembered the prophetic words that were spoken. I remember my father standing out beside that road and saying it's so far away because nothing was built on Lakeland. None of that was there. None of that was there in 1999. Standing there on that property and thinking, I must be crazy for hearing God tell me to buy this land. But God knew what he was doing. And out of that, the dream came to pass, and many more dreams since then. But the greatest thing was not the dreams that came to pass. It was the change that was made in me. I'm not the same man I was 21 years ago when I first started pastoring. There's a deeper level of devotion. There's a deeper level of consecration. I've learned how to give until it hurts. I've learned how to forgive. I've learned how to believe. I've learned when it looked like it was impossible to praise God even louder. I've learned to speak unto mountains. I've learned to sling my stone even when I wasn't good enough or big enough to put on Saul's armor. But I learned all of those things from God while pursuing a dream. And so many of us, we, we don't, we either come in a ditch either way. We either don't have a dream and it's just all this, this, this moment with God, but you're not taking it anywhere. You've got to take it somewhere. God's stirring you for something. You were sent here by God to do something. Uh, Or we have this dream that's become the idol, and it's become more important than even God to us. And if you can find that healthy middle where God is everything, but from this place of God being everything, he is placing something in your heart to do for him. Are you seeing something in your life that does not bring him glory or honor? You're seeing something in your life that goes against a promise that he has shown you. Hope against hope. Call those things that be not as though they were. When you are tired and you are frustrated and you are weary, praise the living God. Grow strong in faith, giving glory unto God. I'm going to live a new life where I'm not walking by sight. I'm walking by faith. I'm walking by the promise of God. I'm walking by what he has spoken unto me. I'm walking by the promises he has made unto me. And I'm not going to let my heart give up on those things. I'm going to pursue through Christ, who is my strength. And so let's just have a moment in God's presence. And and Will, I'll just ask you to, to play and I'll pray. And while I'm praying, I want you, if you have your phone, Um, If you have a pen or or paper, whatever you may have, just sit there in the middle of God's presence. And for the next like two minutes, just write down everything that comes to your mind that you need to pick up and dream again. What has God spoken to you? What what do you need to, to call into your life that's not? What scriptures, what promises come to mind with those things? Just take a moment. Uh, Father, we come before you. We thank you. We are people who walk by faith and not by sight. 
And Lord, by the power of your spirit, we want to be directed into healthy dreams. So Father, would you show us those things by the power of your spirit? What's the joy that's set before you? Write it down. The joy that is set before you, write it down. What joy do you need to set before you? Write it down. this question, who are you really? Who are you meant to become? What are you meant to do? Write it down. Who am I really? You're more than what you think you are. Your heart knows it. Who are you by God to do anything. What, what do you want to do with your life? What do you want to be known for? When people think of you, what, what, do, what do you want that with God's identity? What is the God identity for your life? When people think of you, when they see you in him, who is that? What is that? Dream of that. Write it down. you to write or type in, call those things out. <laughs> call for those things. Those things are not call for them. They're not in your life right now. Call for them. Speak over them that way. Speak over yourself that way. I am 
that ultimate identity. I will go to those places. I will see those things. Call those things that be not as though they were. Call for those things. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for it. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm going to invite the worship team to come back up. I'll end with worship tonight. not despise the day of small beginnings and look only at where you are at. Consider the seed when it is in the soil, how much it can grow, how much a small thing can become a big thing in the right environment. And I hear the Lord say, the environment is me and you are the seed. For apart from me, you can do nothing. But you in me, a small thing can become a mighty thing. And many of you, you're looking at yourself and saying it's just so small compared to others. But you're just seeing who you are now. You're not seeing who you are in me. For when the seed gets in me, it releases small things to become great things. Over time, things come out of that seed that roots begin to form and things begin to change internally. And that's what's happening in you. There are things I'm trying to break out of you. Things I am doing in you while you are in me. For you see, there are things that are to come out of you. Greater things than you see. But that changes. You will see those things by the power of my spirit and I will make you lift up your eyes from the place where you are. For you are more than what you have become. But you are in me and this small thing is about to become a mighty one. In the name of Jesus. like a like a caterpillar to a butterfly you've got a new life God's changing you God's working in you there's things he's working out of you there's things he's being patient with like a potter with clay he's forming you into a vessel he's forming you into a vessel you've got a new life there's a new life that is to come out of you There's a new life that is to come out of you. You've got a new life in the name of Jesus. In 
the name of Jesus, I've got a new life, Father. A new life, a new life. We've got a new life in the name of Jesus. We're walking by faith and not by sight. We've got a new life in the name of Jesus. We're walking by faith and not by sight. We've got a brand new life in the name of Jesus. A brand new life in Jesus' name. Old things have passed away. All things are becoming new. Old seasons are over. It's a new day. It's a new time. It's a new season. We've got a new life. We're not walking by sight. We're walking by faith in the name of Jesus. We've got a new life. We're walking by faith and not by sight. We've got a brand new life.